الحمد لله الحمد لله وحده وصلى الله وسلم على سيدنا محمد إمام أهل مودته ومحبته وعلى آله المتابعين لشرعته وأصحابه ومن تابعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين ربنا إننا سمعنا منادياً ينادي للإيمان أن آمنوا بربكم فآمنا ربنا فاغفر لنا ذنوبنا وكفر عنا سيئاتنا وتوفنا مع الأبرار ربنا وآتنا ما وعدتنا على رسلك ولا تخزنا يوم القيامة إنك لا تخلف الميعاد Tonight, insha'Allah, our focus will be on a verse from Surah Al-An'am that we will be reciting part of tonight. And Surah Al-An'am, in verse number 71, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us an example that related to an incident or some incidents that happened during the lifetime of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, say to them, are we to call upon others other than Allah upon what neither benefits us nor harms us? And are we to be turned back on our heels from faith after Allah has guided us like one whom Satan's lure aimlessly through the land until he is utter, utterly bewildered, though he has faithful companions calling him to the path of guidance saying, come to us. Here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes the situation and then gives us a parable. The situation was that when in the early days of Islam, many Muslims accepted Islam and part of their families remained disbelievers. This part of the family or these parts of the family, these family members tried to lure their own members, their own brothers, sisters, fathers, sons back into disbelief. And Muslims in these early days suffered most from their own kin and kith, from their own relatives. So for example, Abdul Rahman ibn Abi Bakr, the son of Sayyidina Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu an, went around asking his father to go back to idol worshiping. Sa'id ibn Zayd, the ibn Amr ibn Nufayl, the brother-in-law of Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu an, was forced and was persecuted by Umar before Umar anhu accepted Islam. The sister of Umar ibn al-Khattab, Sayyidah Fatima bint al-Khattab, she suffered from her own brother. So many family members turned against their own members and their own relatives, trying to bring them back to Islam. We find, for example, Khalid ibn al-Walid shackling and chaining his own brother, Al-Walid ibn al-Walid ibn al-Mughira, who accepted Islam in the early days and preventing him from migrating with the Prophet We find the mother of Mus'ab ibn Umair, radiallahu ta'ala an, deciding to chain him and imprison him in the house, and he managed in one way or the other to escape and run away to Al-Madinah Al-Munawwar. And then his brother, Abdul Aziz or Al-Aziz, he fought his own brother, Mus'ab ibn Umar, in the Battle of Badr. We find individuals, for example, like Suhail ibn Amr, chaining his own son, Abu Jandal, and we find people like uh, Utbah ibn Rabi'ah, facing his own son and trying to, Abu Hudayfa, trying to uh, stop him from migrating with the Prophet So this was a, this was a big chan, uh, challenge. 
when you live with someone who doesn't agree with you, when you live with someone not only who doesn't agree with you, but who doesn't want you to continue the way that you, you want. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala started by giving this beautiful example to show these disbelievers that there is no hope that these Muslims will leave and go back to disbelief. To block all the way of them thinking that all their endeavors or all their attempts will be fruitful one day. To make them completely hopeless. To show them that Muslims are in a good sense a hopeless case. They will never be back to disbelief. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to them, said to the, to the believers, tell them, Say, shall we go back on our heels? Shall we be returned on our heels? And this is an example. This is a parable. This is the first parable. This ayah has two parables. The first one is we're returning back on one's heels. And this is a beautiful example taken from the Arab environment. They say someone has returned back on his heels when he doesn't complete his travel. When you sit on a travel, sit on a journey, and then halfway or before you get to your destination, you just decide to go back without completing your journey, without achieving your purpose. So this example we use in Arabic language, he has returned back on his heels to indicate that the person went back from half the journey without completing his journey, without achieving his purpose. So for example, if you go into a very unsuccessful business and you come back and you say, hey, what happened to you? You say, Ruditu ala aqibai. I came back on my heels. Meaning, I have come back empty-handed. I didn't get my purpose. And Arabs use a few phrases to indicate that. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when a person moves into a journey and he doesn't get to his purpose, he doesn't get to his destination and he comes back, it means all his efforts are gone down. All his efforts have collapsed. It means he has not achieved anything. All his previous efforts have become fruitless. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying to the believers, say to them, do you want our efforts to be fruitless? What was all of these argumentations about? What was all this persecution about? Do you want us to come back to disbelief like someone who comes back halfway from his journey? We don't complete our journey until we succeed or get to Jannah to Firdaus, or at the same time, we have not done anything. What was all this fuss about then? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling them that what was to tell the disbelievers that all of this was a genuine initiative to change our life. And then the second example, which is the second parable, which is actually most striking. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala elevates the parable to a higher level, which is, they want us to be returned back on our heels into disbelief after Allah has guided us like the one who is lured by Satan's in the, in, the, in the desert. Arabs before Islam used to believe that jinn can take a person in the desert. If you travel by, by yourself at night, if you travel in the vast desert at night alone, Arabs used to believe that jinn can possess you, they can lure you, they can mislead you. And even till today, even till this day and age, people don't like entering into dark places at night, walking into dark places at night. If we, if we challenge someone and ask him to walk in a huge park at night, he will be afraid. 
And the Prophet وسلم, this is not a joke and this is not superstition. The Prophet وسلم, advised us against traveling alone by night. And he says, like one person is, is lonely. And the two can be considered the caravan. And then the three is a group. So when you travel, you either travel in a, with a companion or with two companions, then, then it's, it's better. Why? Because shaitan might do loads of things around you. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that those who, in case, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, in case these individuals go back to disbelief, they will be like, which is impossible, they will be like a person who is traveling in the desert and when he's traveling in the desert, jinn and satans have lured him and they have taken him into different directions. So he lost his path. He lost his way. He lost his destination, right? And Arabs, as I said, used to believe that. They used to believe that jinn actually can kidnap people who travel by themselves. And they used to write stories about things like these. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that the one who goes back to this belief after he was guided and leave believers and leave Iman after he has tasted the sweetness of Iman will be, some, some, will be like someone who's been possessed. When someone is possessed with Satan, he loses his balance. He loses his control. He is not in the right state of mind. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that this individual who was one, one time sane, balanced, knows his way, if he chooses to go back to disbelief, he will be like someone who leaves sanity and goes to insanity. Who leaves balance and goes to imbalance. Who leaves good life and goes to bad life, horrible life. And this is very beautiful because if you look at this whole parable, it has parts, it's made of parts. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes disbelief like wandering and bewilderment. And makes going back to disbelief like loss of mind and makes the disbelievers like satans and make the believers like good companions who advise and say continue in the right way so this is a call for every sane individual to tell him that disbelief is craziness and entering into disbelief and coming close to disbelief and coming close and this is application of the eye on our case on our state coming distancing yourself from Allah after you've been connected to him is the utmost insanity. Distancing yourself from Allah is the utmost insanity. After you taste the, the sweetness of salah, after you taste the sweetness of coming close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in your ibadah, in Quran, in your life, then you go back to that life of distance, disconnection, disobedience, heedlessness, lack of dhikr, then that is itself is insanity. And that's why this ayah finishes by saying, or these ayat finish later on by saying, as Ibrahim said, inni wajjahtu wal-ard. I have directed my face to the one who has initiated heavens and earth. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us barakah and khair insha'Allah. And one quick announcement I mentioned to, uh, to Brother Tariq insha'Allah. If you look at the notice board outside, we at Ihsan Institute, our institute in partnership with Palms Green, we're starting a one-year diploma in Islamic studies, one-year certificate in Islamic studies in English. And that doesn't need too much commitment from you. That's for adults, anyone above 16. 
We've been doing this, alhamdulillah, for the past four years in Singapore, in Argentina, in Birmingham, and different, different places. Have a look at the, at the notice board outside, inshallah. This will need one day commitment per, per month. One day per month only. One Saturday every month, inshallah ta'ala, or Sunday. Uh, it's it's one, one day uh, per week that the, the advertisement is outside. Check our website, it's ihsaninstitute.co.uk and get in touch with us, inshallah ta'ala. It uh, it's, it's a diploma in Islamic studies that eliminates what we call religious illiteracy of every Muslim, inshallah ta'ala. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us tawfiq and barakah.